If you've got a Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. Uh, got a question. How many of you have ever started a fire in your living room? On the, on the living room floor, you started one? You've lit a match. How many of you have, have put, a, put a fire in the middle of your living room on the carpet and lit it and, and fired it up? Nobody? How many of you have made a fire in a fireplace? Now, let me ask you a question. If you'd set logs in the middle of a living room, laid them in the position they're supposed to be in, and lit that fire up in the middle of your living room with no guardrails, no protection, nothing going on, what would happen in your house? It'd burn to the ground, right? It'd burn down. Now, if you build a fire inside of the fireplace, it has the confined boundaries, and those confined boundaries bring warmth, Right? Warmth, protection from the cold from outside. It, it, it's a good thing. A, a good roaring fire in a fireplace is a beautiful thing. In fact, we take pictures of it and post it on our social media and say, just relaxing in front of the fire. But if we built a fire in the middle of our living room, nobody's going to be sitting with their phones going, just sitting hanging out in the house with the fire going. Because what's going to eventually happen? The house is going to be completely burn down around us. Well, God created boundaries in the boundaries of marriage to fulfill each other with warmth, love, and protection. God created physical intimacy exclusively for husbands and wives in the covenant of marriage. And when you step outside of those boundaries... When we step outside of those boundaries, it tends to get a little dicey and can burn to the ground. God's put things in perspective and in these boundaries for a reason. We live in a culture today, in 2023, we live in a culture that has been broken by sin and influenced by Satan himself. And what has, what was and it's taken, Satan has taken what God has created and twisted it and destroyed it. Or at least attempted to destroy it. When God created, um, what God created as a beautiful gift and is to be carried out inside of the marriage bed, inside of the marriage covenant, has now been turned into a, in 2023, has been turned into a dirty topic. And, and it was never designed like that. God never designed these things like that. God designed the physical intimacy between a husband and wife to be a celebration. And, and, and those boundaries are a beautiful gift. Furthermore, the topic of sex in 2023 has been polluted by those who think they know better than God. And I will say this. That if you and the word of God, not on just this topic, I'm talking every topic. If you and the Word of God are at odds about, this, about whatever topic it is. It is you that need to repent and change your ways, not the other way around. I know that February is known as the month of love. 
And the idea of love is a mess right now. It, it is an absolute mess. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 5 this morning, um, starting out in this text, I want us to look at this idea of what we do with marriage, sex, immorality as Christians. How do we walk these, these waters? What are we supposed to do? God's word gives us a very clear definition in the text as to what we're supposed to do. So I want us to start in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to start actually in verse 1, because we're going to running start at this text this morning. And we're going to start with verse 1. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. We're called by God's word to be imitators of God. That's that's the directive here. The idea in the text is that imitating God Almighty is what we're supposed to do. John MacArthur says that the Christian has no greater calling or purpose than to imitate their Lord. The idea of being sanctified as a Christian, we are set apart and to be like the one who set us apart. The, the Christian life is to re- reproduce godliness. If you claim to be a Christian, you should be reproducing godliness. Why, and why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you keep going in verse 2, it gives us the directive as to why we reproduce godliness. And walk in love as Christ love, uh, loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So why do we reproduce godliness? Because Christ gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering to who? To God. So because Christ gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, Christ being offered, he offered himself to fallen men, it ple- or for fallen men, sorry, for fallen men, pleased and glorified his heavenly father. This is why we should desire to want to be like Christ. And how is that played out? How do we, how do we imitate Christ? How do we follow after and be like the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, we continue. This is the reason we have the word in front of us. This is, this is what God's word says. Verse 3. Start, well, starting in verse 3. <clears throat> but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Paul's very pointed here. I found out this week that there is a sister Baptist church in Oklahoma who think, they think that what Paul wrote was wrong. Like that's a bold statement to make as a church. The guy who wrote the back half of the Bible, he's not right. I think that's a poor idea but paul writes a very pointed terms here he writes in very pointed terms he says sexual sin is connected to so many other forms of morality so he starts here he says sexual immorality and all impurities or covetousness must not even be named among you that there is no partiality to what type of sexual sin he's talking about i know we in 
in the culture today like to try to lump one over another. But it, he says all sexual immorality. He doesn't just say this one over here. He says all of it, all of it should not even be named among you as proper among the saints. And then he says in the furthermore, he st- takes it a step further. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish or crude joking, which is out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. He says, so anything outside of the, this is the idea here for when it says all immorality, anything that is outside of the covenant bonds of the marriage bed between one man and one woman is considered immoral and impure by God's word. So when people start asking the question, what about this or what about that? The answer is, if it falls outside of what God has designed, it is sinful and needs to be repented of and, and, and fleed from, period. As saints, this should not even be named among us. We shouldn't even talk about these things in, in crude context. This includes sex jokes. And I know this is, a, this is a tough one for us in the culture today because man alive, a bulk of our movies are filled with crude jokes. A bunch of the entertainment that we consume is filled with crude jokes. The text tells us for a Christian, this should absolutely stop. Because it hampers and blocks you from holy living. The devil has done his dead level best to destroy what God made. To destroy God's divine work and his children and turn them as far away as possible from his image and will. And that is carried out by us believing the lie that God really doesn't care what we do in the area of morality or sexuality. The text tells us that he does care. It is a big deal to God. All sexual immorality is out of place for Christ followers. And this includes joking. This includes filthy language. And I know this is not something that many people in our culture want to hear. I, I get it. We don't want to talk about these things because it's, it, it's what's as the old school. He's gone from preaching to meddling, right? And... and I'm telling you, the reason that we are in the fix that we are in the culture is because preachers are not meddling. They're terrified to tell their people, thus saith the Lord, about these topics. Well, I'm not. I'm not. You say, well, Caleb, what about, are you perfect? Absolutely not. And I can tell you right now, I've broken everything that's in the text. I'm the guy that's broke everything in the text. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All sexual immorality is out of place for a Christ follower. And and like I said, when we find ourselves at odds with God's word, it is us that needs to change course, not God's word. Verse 5, we see in verse 5, the repercussions of what happens to those who are involved in what God calls immoral. Verse 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or covetousness, which is idolatry, has zero inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. 
In layman's terms, if you refuse to repent of your sinfulness and you continue going down this path, heaven is not your home. Hell is. You say, whoa, Caleb, wait a second. And for those who are quick to reply and say, Pastor, you're being a little rigid here. It's just a joke. It's just a little fun. Just a little letting loose. Verse 6 addresses that too. Let no one deceive you with their empty words. For because of these things, what things? All the things that we talked about earlier in the text. God's wrath is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Those who refuse to repent and change course. The, the New Living Translation says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these types of sins. For the anger of God will fall on those who disobey him. When people try to say stuff like, well, Caleb, it's just a joke. It's just a lighthearted thing. Just calm your beef, brother. Calm down. Don't get so bent out of shape. Well, it's God's word that demands these things. This is, once again, I'm not telling you this is thus saith Caleb and you've got con- you to conform your life to what Caleb says. Not at all. Quite to the contrary, my sin nature likes a little bit of those kind of crass jokes. Once again, my sin nature. Now, my, my new nature, I've been bought with a price. I've got a different nature. Shouldn't, I don't want to do those. Those things are at war with me, within me right now as is the rest of you who are born again. So, when people say, Caleb, it's just a joke. God's word is the thing that demands that we live separate from the world to obtain or to abstain from these types of sins. And then the next thing you'll see in the text, it's very unpopular as well in verse 7. Therefore, do not partner with them. We're all called not to couple ourselves with people who do these types of things. We're not the buddy-buddy, Caleb, aren't we supposed to love them? Yes. Yes, we are. People who engage in immoral, immoral behavior or excuse immoral behavior, the Word of God tells us not to partner with them whatsoever. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can unrighteousness partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? That's that's the text. Why? Because God's word knows who you spend time with is who you'll eventually become. And And if you're with people who are living immorally or excusing immorality, God knows that eventually you'll be doing the same types of things. Who you surround yourself with is who you will become. Let's keep reading in the text in Ephesians. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful to even speak of those things that are done in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible to the light, therefore, the word says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Listen, 
We're called here not to take part in wickedness. God's word tells us, don't take part, don't partner up, don't link up, don't don't get connected at the hip with those that are sexually immoral. Or those that even talk about these things. These things that are done in secret, we shouldn't even, just don't do that. But rather, we should expose those things to the light in order that people would repent of their sins and have the light of Christ shine upon them. Those who have fallen asleep at the switch, the scripture calls us to uh, wake up and arise from the dead. This only happens if we repent and change directions. This This is it. This is the call of scripture. This is not Caleb's worldview pressed on you. This is the worldview of the scriptures. This is the reason I I tell you, biblical Christianity is completely different than cultural Christianity. Verse 15 says, look carefully then now how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of your time. Because the days are evil. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you guys flip over with me, I want you guys to see this because it's faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I want you to see this isn't Caleb's opinion. This is God's word. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I think maybe this will help drive it home. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Starting in verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body. But sexual immorality, a sexually immoral person, sins against their own body. Now, listen, that could come in a a myriad of consequences. We live in a world of all kinds of STDs. But man, I'm talking about the reverberating effects that happens in your conscience. I told you, I'm guilty of the text. I'm guilty of violating the text. Everything that I have done still reverberates in my mind. Anybody else? The things that I have committed, the things that I've done, man, I still have haunting moments. And there's probably some of the ladies that I have been immoral with. If, you, if, you, if they knew I was doing this today, I'd be like, what, whoa, wait a minute. Who are you, Caleb, to stand behind that desk and tell people, thus saith the Lord? Because guess what, brother? You did a lot of stuff that was shady. Absolutely. Absolutely. Verse 19. Look at verse 19 in 1 Corinthians. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Listen, you and I have been bought with a price, and what was used to purchase us was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, and that was no small feat. You want to see what God's view of sin is? You don't have to look any further than Calvary. What happened on Calvary is what is deserve what what every one of us in the room deserve. It's time for us to stop making excuses. Okay, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm too late. I've already messed up. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Go back up just a few verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And such were some of you. Anybody in the room? And such were some of you. But you were washed. But 
you were washed. You were sanctified and were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Listen, every one of us in the room are guilty of this on some level or another. Jesus internalized it. He said, listen, if you look at somebody with a lustful intent, you're guilty as if you'd already done it in person. You're guilty of the adultery. If you just, you just look at them. Okay. Done. Jesus internalizes everything. But here's the thing. If you've repented of your sins, if you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, you were just like them. You were in darkness and were such some of you. But you were washed. I think, can't, think, can't help but think of just a couple of verses back in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Starting in verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked and followed the courses of this world and followed the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So this is, I mean, listen, the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus, man, there was a lot of immorality going on in the church. So Paul says, listen, stop. Stop making excuses for what you're doing. Walk as imitators. Be imitators of God as beloved, as his children. Are you born again? Have you been bought with a price? Well, yes, pastor, I have. And it's time for us to stop making excuses. And it's time for us to, as God calls us in the text, to repent. It's time to get on our faces before a holy God and say, I'm done. I'm done with this sin. I'm done with following after the powers that are at at war within me. If these things are true of you, you say, well, Caleb, I've, I've never committed adultery. Well, I'm thankful. But Caleb, I, I, know, I know I've never committed adultery, but man, I do have a little mouth on me, and sometimes I like to, I like to get a good laugh, and the, one of the best ways to get a laugh is to, that's what she said. What's the Word of God say? Let there be no filthy. It didn't say let there be, oh, you could have a little bit, just, get, just put a little, you could do a little bit here or there, just to, it's just a joke, Caleb, it's just a joke. No, it's not. If the devil can get a crack in the armor, he'll come in and destroy everything. What's it? A little sin leaveneth the whole lump. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. When you get a little bit in, if you crack the door just enough, listen, like I said, I'm not standing up here saying you all. I'm saying us. I'm guilty. But here's what the beautiful picture of the gospel is. is if you confess your sins, He, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Verse 17 of Ephesians 5 says, Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of God is for your life. And then he connects morality with the next verse. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
he connects morality with alcohol. Because here's the, what, what, is, what does this, the enemy know? What does God know? What do you know? That, man, listen, you get a little alcohol in some folks, and, man, that loosens folks up real quick. Loosens the lips along with other things. Right? So what's God's word say? Look carefully then how you walk. If you're a believer in Christ, you say I've been redeemed and bought with the blood of the Lamb, walk in a different manner. Be different. Look then carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, and making the best use of your time. What's the best use of your time? To make some sort of crass joke so you can get a little laughs? Is that the thing? According to God's word, it's not. According to God's word is, we need to be making the best use of our time. If we knew, listen, let me ask you a question, personal question. If you knew that this afternoon, I'll, just, I'll, I'll give you 48 hours. If we knew it Tuesday at 11.51, and we knew that the Lord Jesus Christ was returning to come back for his saints. If you knew that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, at 11.51 on Tuesday, Christ is returning. What would you be doing with your life? Would you be would you making be making the crass, crude jokes? Would you be pursuing immorality? Would you be watching stuff on the internet? Would you be engaging in these things? You're like, no, Caleb, I, I wouldn't. What would you be doing? Man, I, I'd get prayed up. I'd get repented up. I'd get I'd, I'd do what I need to to get forgiven. Why? Because I know that I'm cramming for the exam. Listen, you don't know that he's not coming to Tuesday at 11.51. We don't know if he's not coming at 11.53 today. He might come today. Well, Caleb, I don't want to live my life in what ifs. Man, you'd better on this one. As Frank said last year, hell's too long for you to be wrong. Remember that? Hell's too long for you to be wrong on this one. So what do we need to do? Be careful. Look carefully about your life. Walk not as unwise, but as wise. And this morning, I want us all here to take time this morning. And I want us just to take some moments this morning. And I want us to come before the Lord and pray and repent. Listen, we were just talking about this in Sunday school. Um, I love what's happening in Asbury. There are certain folks that think it's, it's a farce and it's a joke, but I'm telling you, any movement that says you need to repent of your sins and you need to trust Christ, man, I'm going to count that as a legitimate movement. And man, what would it look like if we could have the Cedarvale revival and it starts with a room just like this, where we say, God, I'm done making excuses for my sin and rather than making excuses for my sinfulness and engaging in immorality father what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you to forgive me of my sins and then i'm going to continue or i'm going to not continue to chase that but rather i'm going to love and chase you and forsake that that's the call this morning what would it look like if we as a church forsook the immorality of the world and began to chase and pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. What would that look like? Well, I can tell you exactly what that would look like according to Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also throw aside or throw off every weight of sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. So we've got an imagery of a race here, of a, of a marathon runner. The, the, the 
The frontal view is I'm looking at the prize. What's the prize? I cross the finish line and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into thy reward. So we, we run without sin being clung close to us. We get rid of it. We get it off. I mean, if, if I'm running in this, after a while, this, I could run for a while. This jacket would just get, it'd be problematic, Right? I'd have a problem where I just, if I was running a marathon, this is not the attire that I could run a marathon in. I'd get, especially if it's buttoned up. After a while, the buttons are going to pop. I mean, they're already, they're already about to pop. But what do I do? I, I got to throw this thing off. I got to get, I got to get myself ready. I might have to untuck my shirt. I might need to change my pants, put on some running shorts. Right? The idea is I need to get, throw off the things that hold you back. What's holding you back this morning? Well, Caleb, I just, just, you know, I like this thing, Caleb. It's just a, it's a comfort. I go to this when it's, when, when I'm stressed. I go to this thing when I'm worried. I go to this thing when I've got a little bit of fear. I go to these things, I go to it and it's just, you're asking me to get rid of this thing, Caleb? I just, if you've got a pet sin in your life, I'm telling you what it's going to end up doing. The scripture says in James that it will, when it gives birth and it grows up, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. You might think you can tame a lion, but I'm telling you, eventually that lion, it has this instinct. It'll get you. Jamie's uncle had a pet cougar. Got it when it was a baby. It was fun as it grew up, but as it got older, it got cranky. I'm not pointing at anybody in the room as you got older. I'm just saying. As it got older, its nature was revealed. And that cougar tried to eat. Tried to snap at it. Bit at it. He had to put it down because it eventually revealed its true colors. Sin might just be fine for a little bit in your life, but eventually it's going to reveal its true colors and it's going to kill you. So instead of loving on that thing and nurturing it, Scripture says, get rid of it. Throw it off. Throw it off and then run the race with endurance that is set before us. Looking, doing what? As you're doing, you're looking at the, at the finish line. Who's the finish line? The Lord Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus as the founder and the perfecter of our faith, whom for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's what we're supposed to do, to get our eyes off of the world and get our eyes off of what this world offers. The shiny trinkets of the world are just that, trinkets that will not be worth jack squat in eternity. Get rid of these things. And so what I want us to do is this morning is just to take time. We've got a few moments here left. Take time to pray and ask God, number one, to forgive us of where we've fallen into the immoral or the immorality trap. I don't know where any of you in this room land. I know where I land. I know where I've landed. I know where I need to ask for forgiveness. Where do you need to ask for forgiveness? If you're excusing immorality in our lives, 
or maybe in somebody else's life, if we're joking about immorality, we need to spend time asking God to deliver us from this and out of this. May God grant us revival. May God grant us his presence. And ask God this morning to pray and deliver us from these things. Repent of this and ask God to give us a clean slate and to help us change direction. Because here's the deal. This kind of sin is a sin that is, we're called by the scriptures to flee. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says. It doesn't say, hey, debate about it. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Remember in the Old Testament, Joseph, a coat of many colors? He went to Egypt, remember? Got up into a second in command at Egypt. And well, the Pharaoh's wife took a liking to Joseph. He's like, man, I like him. He looks good. He looks good. She seduces him and comes in and says, hey, baby, like what you see? You can have it. Joseph doesn't enter into, well, let's have a debate about this as to why I think we shouldn't talk about this and why we shouldn't do this. He didn't debate with the woman, with Potiphar's wife. What did he do? He ran fast. Scripture never says fight this. Oh, you can fight it because you can't win against this. Run from it. Run from it. Run from it. Get rid of it. Flee from it. Joseph ran so fast he ran out of his coat. He didn't. Bye. I'm not talking. No, 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 no. We ain't playing this game. Because why? He, Joseph knew the truth that, listen, any person that commits sex, sexual sins outside of their body, it, you committed against your own body. And I've been bought with a price. The Lord Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross and you're going to make excuses for immorality? No, 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 Caleb, you better not. You better not. You better run from that stuff. If you've been joking about this stuff, run from it. Get delivered from this today. So I'm going to ask Margie, if you'd, Margie, if you'd come forward and play. Marjorie, have you come? Just, I want Marjorie to come forward and I just want her to, we're going to take a few moments this morning just to pray. Just to ask God to do a work in our hearts.